Welcome to Primity, where we find simple techniques to help address modern problems for our primitive bodies. My name is Andrew Pafford, and I'm a health and wellness professional with over a decade of experience helping Olympic-level athletes, desk jockeys, and seniors achieving their goals and improving their quality of life. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just bend over backwards like a gymnast and be able to place your hands and feet on the floor at the same time? Maybe pull a Jean-Claude Van Damme and just bust into a full split to impress your friends? Maybe you aren't so vain and just wish you could bend over and touch your toes to make it a little easier to put your shoes on in the morning. I'm sure if you were to pursue any of those goals, the first response you'd probably get is, you need to stretch. And you know what? That's probably only half the truth. What's the science behind stretching? What happens in our bodies to improve our mobility? And is there a better way that we could be spending our time reaching our flexibility goals be they functional or simply for vanity. As is typically the case with most things, we need to establish some frameworks on how the body works so we can better tap into its processes to our advantage. I'll do my best to not bore you with the gory details, but I'll do some quick name dropping and simplifying so we can move right along to why we're all here. First, making muscles longer is a bit of a misnomer. Muscle itself does not stretch out like Play-Doh, and if it did, it would render our muscles quite useless. Our muscles are actually a series of motor units laid down in series, or end-to-end. -end. Imagine a spring with a spring on top of it and a spring on top of it, as opposed to in parallel, where the springs are placed side by side each other. If we wanted those springs to stand taller, stretching them out would ruin their springiness, or spring coefficient. So instead, our bodies place an additional motor unit at the end, or effectively adding another spring on top, through a process called myofibrillogenesis. This physiological adaptation is the prevailing thought for muscle adaptation in terms of flexibility, and has been corroborated by a number of studies. Now, it would be nice if we could simply splay out for a bit and solve all of our mobility woes. However, there are a number of factors that could actually be inhibiting your range of motion, all of which likely won't be solved simply by stretching. And in some cases, stretching could make the issue worse. We'll look to name a number of those causes and means to go about attempting to address them. Our sedentary lifestyles have led to a number of mechanical consequences on our bodies. Namely, holding positions for an extended period of time not only can allow muscles to shorten, if you don't use it, you lose it, but to also retrain resting muscle tension, as we discussed in episode one. So not only can muscles be short, which stretching a muscle would seemingly remedy, but muscles can also be engaged or activated or have resting muscle tension. It's not hard to imagine that muscles that are on are not being stretched to their limits. They're actually fighting the stretch. And since the body only adapts when it is challenged, an active muscle will not be stretched to its limit and therefore will not receive the adequate stimulus needed to undergo myofibrillogenesis. So, should you stretch when you're too tight? Or as I like to say it, if you have a knot in your shoelace, do you tug on the ends of the shoelaces? No, that will invariably make the knot tighter. You would need to undo the knot, or in our case, address the resting muscle tension. Invariably, 
This will lead to an almost immediate increase in range of motion as a relaxed muscle can actually stretch as opposed to a contracted muscle. Getting that muscle to finally relax does not quote unquote at length, but rather it unlocks the length that the muscle currently has. This would mean doing some good soft tissue work to help address any current resting muscle tension and get it back to a nominal resting state. While it might not be the go-to method for initially improving range of motion, stretching can be used as a diagnostic. Stretching, and a good sense of self-awareness that is. If I were to perform a hamstring stretch in a healthy body, as I approach end range, I should start to feel a slow build of pressure in the hamstrings with a bit of a slow roll to a stop at the end of the stretch. In the phys physical therapy world, this is what's known as a soft end feel. The muscles are like rubber bands and are referred and are similarly referred to as having elastic properties. So just like a rubber band, the band will continue to stretch but eventually provide resistance. You can technically stretch it a bit further, but it'll start to fight you more and more. This springy end feel that you would feel with a rubber band is the soft end feel described in muscles. There is no discernible barrier, so it's sort of a soft end to the stretch, so to speak. A hard end feel, however, is indicative of other issues. If I begin to stretch and I suddenly feel a sharp pain in my hamstring, that could be indicative of something not range of motion related, like a scar tissue, lesion, trigger point knot, poor joint mechanics, etc. In this instance, again, doing some exploratory soft tissue work could help release, say, scar tissue that was binding the muscle or fascial adhesion. This hard end feel can also be felt in the joint, not just in the muscle. Joints themselves could be a culprit in limiting range of motion, which wouldn't be solved by stretching. In some instances, the joints could be binding up because of postural reasons. In our seated hamstring stretch, for example, if I bend over to touch my toes, but I get a sharp pinch in my groin hip flexor, it could be, it could be a hip flexor problem, but another more likely issue lies with the hip joint. Our joints can move around a bit in their position. And if we assume a particular position, say, oh, sitting for long periods of time, that can cause the head of our femur, in our example, on our hip joint, to sit slightly forward in the socket. This means that when I bend over to touch my toes, the head of that femur starts to bang up against the edge of the socket creating that uncomfortable, sharp, binding feeling. Now, my hamstring range of motion is effectively limited because of a postural problem in my hip, or I should say because of a postural problem, postural problem leading to poor joint movement in my hip. Additionally, almost all of the joints in our body are synovial joints. This means that they are effectively wrapped in a balloon, so to speak, called the joint capsule, that we discussed in greater detail in episode 12 regarding knee health. The capsule is also slightly elastic to help hold the joint in place, but to allow for motion. It is possible for the capsule itself to lose elasticity, become tight, or even become inflamed due to illness or injury, such as in frozen shoulder, also known as adhesive capsulitis. In this instance, the joint is bound up and negatively affects range of motion because the joint is bound before the capsule can be challenged, 
it can be difficult to treat. This is where a physio would be necessary to help identify and treat, especially if it was diagnosed as being ad adhesive capsulitis. For the lesser offending situation, such as an underutilized joint leading to capsule stiffness but with no underlying pathology other than lack of use, getting creative with exercise bands or possibly even some voodoo floss could be extremely beneficial in performing what are known as joint mobilizations. Taking that idea and applying it to our previous example of the wandering femur head in our hip, the joint can remain in a neutral position while a band is used to help pull the head of the femur around, thus challenging the joint capsule without actually using stretch. By using the band in a stretch, we can now use it to help reapproximate the head of the femur back into a more ideal position, eliminating that binding pinching feeling. For a stiff capsule, the band can be used in the exact same fashion to create a stretch, all the while leaving the joint in that neutral position. Just as capsules can lose their elasticity from underuse, they can regain their elasticity by challenging their elasticity by stretching them out. Something that's not achievable through bog standard stretching. So needing to use joint mobilizations to help stretch the joint capsule specifically. Sometimes what keeps people from attaining adequate range of motion are some underlying postural problems that may not be influenced by stretching, but rather by correcting the posture. As a fabulous case study, yours truly had a noticeable tightness in only my right shoulder rotators. In spite of how much soft tissue and stretching I would do, whatever gains I may have fought for doing mobility work seemed to be lost within a matter of minutes of finishing. After consulting a close physio friend, he determined that my rib cage was overextended. You can think of your rib cage as being sort of a conal dome shape. However, because of my level of activity, I had begun to flatten out the back right side of my rib cage by doing lots of extension work. This was a problem because our shoulder blades or our scapulae are supposed to rest against and slide along the rib cage. Without that support, the scapula was essentially hanging vulnerable in space. In an effort to protect and stabilize the scapula, all of my rotators were tightening in an attempt to help support it. So in spite of conventional wisdom of having tight rotators, stretching did jack squat to help my poor shoulder rotators. This is a classic example of how tight muscles are not always an indicator of needing to be stretched. And if stretched on the regular and seemingly no discernible progress is being made, that could be a big sign that something else is afoot that needs investigating. Now in a final example of how stretching could be detrimental, we will provide another case study. It's not uncommon for many of us to encounter back pain once or twice in our lives. Chronic back pain, however, can be indicative of a recurring lifestyle issue that needs addressing. Many of us are so focused on the pain, however, that we wind up losing the forest through the trees. And what I mean by that is by focusing on the symptoms, we forget to look around to see what could be causing the source of the pain or what the source of the pain is. Since we have a very sedentary culture, it's quite prevalent for people to lose hip mobility as time goes on. Our joints like to alternate in function between mobility and stability. Our ankles are mobile, our knees are stable. 
Our hips are very mobile, and our low back is designed to be very stable. However, when a mobile joint loses its mobility, the body tries to compensate by creating motion from the next level, which is in turn the stable joint. This involves a stable joint moving in a manner in which it was not designed, and thus creating pain. So in our example, as the hips gradually lose mobility, the low back is now tapped to become ever-increasingly mobile. Body tries to dampen this by tightening the surrounding musculature of the low back in an effort to better stabilize the spine since it's supposed to be stable. Over time, these muscles, being constantly active, begin to ache and are now referring as pain. And then what do we love to do? Oh man, my low back is stiff. I need to go stretch. Yes, we further try to mobilize a joint that is doing its best not to be mobilized. So in this instance, this instance ironically, while stretching could have been utilized to help alleviate the issue, if misapplied to the wrong area, it could have caused further problems. The goal would have been to create and improve mobility in the hips, thus giving the low back a break. However, if the stretching was applied directly to the low back where the source of the pain was, that would have caused more aggravation to the low back, resulting in more engagement, resulting in even more pain. So while sometimes stretching can help, it can also be detrimental. To further give an example of how misapplied stretching can cause more issues, we have to look at individuals who are hypermobile. Their joints already have a tough time staying stable given their hypermobility. And coupled with the fact, the fact that if they have little to no muscle mass to hold those joints in place, it feels as if it's only a matter of time before those joints come to harm given their lack of stability. This is why I love to encourage people engaged in one form of activity to try and dabble in the antithesis of what their go-to form of activity is in an effort to achieve balance. My people who only like to do yoga, chances are you're not doing anything to gain muscle mass and could be moving towards mobility with all that stretching and not building any strength. And those po that population would benefit greatly by supplementing with weight training. And then on the other side of the token, do you only weight train? It's only a matter of time before you push through a range of motion you don't have and get hurt while lifting and would be much better served in engaging in a stretching program like yoga. So it's all about finding balance. Now, we discussed a lot today, so let's recap on some of the highlights. Muscles can improve length by adding motor units in series through a process called myofibrillogenesis achieved by doing stretching. You can lose muscle length just like you can lose muscle strength to disuse from atrophy. Soft tissue restrictions can prevent you from achieving true end range in a stretch, and that simply can't be stretched through. Some joint issues can limit range of motion that normal stretching cannot address, like capsular elasticity or lack thereof. Sometimes muscle tension from poor posture can't be undone from stretching or soft tissue work, but can only be addressed by taking care of the posture, postural problem. Stretching an area that is already hypermobile can lead to even further injury. 
Stretching is a necessary tool and an appropriate exercise to have in your kit that can help maintain or improve range of motion for adequate functioning. However, if misapplied or other factors are preventing an adequate stretch, you might need a seasoned trainer or physio to help point you in the right direction of achieving your goals. Well, that is it for today. Please send us all your health-related questions, comments, and feedback to info at primity.org. And as always, strength comes in many forms, from within and without. So be strong to be useful. Take care and stay strong, everyone.